And, and race does come into play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Gangster rap is back, and so are we. Um, so I'm here to talk about voting because we just ended calling to action, telling you to go out and vote. And I'm here to tell you about how Republicans tried to stop people from voting. And in theory, the people they were trying to stop from voting were, of course, minorities and women and all the people who generally would go out and vote for Democrats because if you can't win, then you cheat, of course. Um, so this week, those voter ID laws, well, at least in three states, were reviewed by courts in Texas, Wisconsin, and Michigan, and they were struck down. Now, depending on the outcome of any appeals or whether or not there will be an appeal before November or whether or not an appeal will be heard before November could have some kind of impact, minor or major, on voting in the presidential election. I'm going to go state by state. It's the easiest way to do it. Um, So the first state that I'm going to talk about is Texas. On Wednesday, the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that Texas's voter ID law violates the U.S. law prohibiting racial discrimination in elections. Um, Mind you, this is the Fifth Circuit, which is an extremely conservative court, Uh, yet nonetheless, they said that this law was unconstitutional. The court affirmed previous rulings that the 2011 voter ID law, which stipulates the type of photo ID election officials can and cannot accept at the polls, does not comply with the Voting Rights Act. The full court's ruling delivered the strongest blow to what is the now viewed as the widely Uh, widely viewed, sorry, as the nation's strictest voter ID law. Under the law, most citizens... Although some people, like those who had disabilities, could be exempted, must show a handful of types of ID before their ballots could be counted. A state driver's license or ID card, a concealed handgun license, a U.S. passport, a military ID, or a U.S. citizenship certificate with a photo. Funny not including in that is a benefit card or a veteran's ID. Um, Texas is among nine states that require strict photo ID and list only acceptable forms of this ID, um, and those forms is the shortest list. Wednesday ruling did not immediately halt the voter ID law, that is important to note, which has actually been in effect since 2013. Instead, the judges instructed the lower court to draw up a remedy. It is not clear what the court's remedy might look like. Experts say it is unlikely the court is going to throw out the law completely, uh, but instead they're going to come up with some kind of relief that will give people who have a reasonable impediment to getting ID the chances to get one. What is the... uh, effect it's going to have on the election. Well, as I already said, the court ruled that the law must be changed before the election, but they have not specified how. The judge kicked that decision back down to the district court in Corpus Christi, and that judge will now be in charge of instructing how this law should be temporarily fixed. Um, And so that's what's going on in Texas. Now, moving on to Wisconsin. On Tuesday, which was the day before the Texas ruling, a federal judge in Wisconsin handed down a decision that will drastically weaken the state's voter ID law. Although the decision will leave the law in place as well, it permits voters who are unable to obtain ID to sign an affidavit at the polls to testify, essentially, under oath that they are unable to get a voter ID and for them to get a ballot. The state will not be able to prevent voters from casting a ballot by claiming that they are not able to when a voter says that they don't have an ID. Under Supreme Court precedent, Wisconsin is allowed to enact a voter ID law, but as the judge explained, sorry, 
I uh, got a little skipped forward here on my computer. Um, as the judge explained, these measures cannot impose, quote, an undue burden on the constitutional right to vote, which is interesting because it's similar language to Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Wisconsin law does, the judge said, especially for low-income and minority residents. The act's strict requirement force voters to go to unreasonable lengths to acquire a voter ID card, compelling them to gather together extensive documentation and to make multiple trips to the government agency. Faced with these obstacles, many poor people and many poor voters are essentially locked out of the voting booth, and that is constitutionally intolerable. The opinion spent a great deal of time explaining some of the obstacles that have prevented individual voters. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time, but for example, uh, one woman did not have a copy of her birth certificate and she was unable to get the birth certificate from the hospital because the hospital had now closed and uh, so she then had to run around and then they wanted to charge her a fee but the constitution does not permit voters to be have to pay money because of poll taxes are illegal uh, so there was all these problems in her actually just being able to get the documents and get the documents for free What's the effect that this is going to have on the election? Well, Judge Adelman's decision provides that any voter who completes and submits an affidavit shall receive a regular ballot, even if that voter does not show acceptable photo ID, and that no person may challenge the sufficiency of the reason given by the voter for failing to obtain the ID. Essentially, everybody's going to be able to vote is the answer to that, at least while this ruling um, is in action. Now, obviously, if if there's an appeal, then there could be a stay on this ruling, which would be bad because then the, the laws would be going into effect. Um, but because of the way she did the decision, which was smart, sort of a smart way, it's likely that there may not be an appeal because the government say, may say, well, if we appeal it, the whole law may get struck down completely rather than this affidavit ballot remedy. Last but not least, Michigan. This week, a federal judge in Michigan invalidated their state ban on straight party voting. This is a little different. Basically, what they said is if you cast a ballot for the Democrat at the top of the ticket, then you have to vote for Democrats all the way down the ballot and, vi- va- and vice versa. You're not allowed to mix and match. Black voters disproportionately use straight party voting. Um, so by eliminating straight party voting, uh, it then, I'm sorry, I think I, I sort of mixed it up. So Michigan only outlawed straight party voting, which allowed voters to cast down the ballot in 2016. And generally speaking, um, so they basically said you can't just vote down the ballot. You can't just vote Democrat down the ballot. You have to, like, mix and match, or you have to select each individual instead of being able to vote down the ballot. Black voters disproportionately use straight party voting. So by eliminating it, it put a bar to black voters being able to cast their votes. Now I have that right. I apologize for stating it wrong at the beginning. The judge ruled that the law disproportionately burdens African Americans' right to vote in violation of the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause because eliminating straight party voting would likely have a large impact on African Americans American voters that it wouldn't have on other types of voters. Um, so the judge also ruled that the law violated the Voting Rights Act by reducing black voters' opportunity to participate in Michigan's political process. So, what is the election effect? Well, it's unknown. It's a broad decision. It may not survive the review process, but we don't know how it's going to get there or when another court may decide. So we don't know yet whether or not they are going to hear this case or decide this case before November, and we have no idea of knowing how it's going to actually affect us in November. Uh, what do we make of all of this? Here's my final comment. Voter fraud is a lie. There is no voter fraud. It's literally a lie. Republicans make it up so they can disenfranchise black and brown voters. The GOP continues to disenfranchise minorities by using this lie because they know black and brown voters vote for Democrats. And like I said, um, they can't get the votes on their own. So instead, they just lie, cheat and try and win that way. And my final thought is the chickens are finally coming home to roost right before an election. Um, But 
SCOTUS may have the ultimate stay on these voting laws. So, again, elections matter. Get out and vote while you still can. Yes. Thank you so much for that breakdown, Alyssa. Very complicated stuff, but we always appreciate you breaking it all the way down. On that note, we do have to say goodbye. But before we do, we want to give a special thanks again to Chad R. McDonald. Do not forget the R. uh, For joining us here on the entire show. We always appreciate it. It really is my pleasure. I'd love to do it again. And look me up on Facebook on The Good, The Chad, and The Ugly. Definitely will. And you can also look us up at lybbh.com. Of course, that's the acronym for Let Your Voice Be Heard. You can subscribe to us via iTunes at LYVBH Radio. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BeHeard underscore radio. So on that note, we have to say goodbye. But don't worry, guys. We'll be back here next Sunday, God willing. And yes, Stanley will be back, Miss Deborah. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back next Sunday. Up and away. Y'all should have seen it coming in May. We're doing 300 records a day.